He makes over $100,000 a month, okay, in the credit repair niche, where he's teaching people how to set up credit repair businesses. But check this out. He has like 1.5 funnels, fully automated, and it just runs like a machine, $100,000 a month. What's up, you crazy fighting entrepreneurs? All right, in today's episode, Dominique Brown. I got him on finally. I've been talking to him for a long time. And what I love about him is like, I thought, man, you're in this like really unique niche of teaching people how to start a credit repair business. Wow, how specific. And then I go on to find out he's doing like $1.2 million a year with that. I thought, man, you gotta teach us exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it. And then you know what? He came onto this podcast, blew my mind because it's even simpler than I ever thought. Now we talked economy in the beginning. We talked about recession. We talked about what's gonna happen to the housing market. We talked about options trading real quick. We talked about his story, his relationship with his mom and how his mom uh, set him up for life and how that drove his career as an entrepreneur. And then we got into the exact funnel, down to the detail, down to exactly how many emails he uses, how he automated the whole thing, and how it runs like a well-oiled machine. So now, remember, onicpodcast.com to binge listen to all of our amazing episodes. And of course, also learn, L-U-R-N, expert.com, L-U-R-N, expert, E-X-P-E-R-T.com. If you want to join the content creation, the course selling, the expert community where we teach you how to sell courses, coaching, and consulting, it's free. You got a free course, free newsletter, and you got an absolutely free community. So go to learnlurnexpert.com. Now, over to Dominique Brown. All right, Dominique, you said something super interesting. And I, we're, so we were chatting before this podcast officially started. He said something really interesting. I was like, stop, pause. We're going to start the podcast there. This sounds interesting. We were talking about pivots. We were talking about life changes, business changes, uh, telling him about how I'm making a big pivot at Learn. And it's so funny because he's not the first person to catch. He's like, man, it must have something to do with that daughter of yours you just had. And I'm like, I think it's that plus a bunch of other things. But it's like sometimes in life, we know we have to make a change. We hold off too long because it's a hard change. And I actually, and Dominique, you agreed with this. I, I think what defines an entrepreneur's true ability to succeed is how quickly can you just make that change, right? I saw Russell Brunson uh, say it once too, and I was like, said it really well. But as I'm talking through like what I wanna do, where I'm really loving and kind of thinking about real estate and this and that, Dominique goes, well, based on what I see happening in the real estate market over the next couple of years, I think you're gonna add a couple of zeros to your net worth on it. So now I've got that officially on the podcast. So we're gonna, we're gonna track it. We're gonna come back to him in two years. But that, and he said, based on what I see is happening in the economy, dude, this is gonna be a fun chat. Why'd you say that? What are you, what are you seeing happening? What do you think is happening? So as you probably know, if you're tuned into uh, the economy, we went through 10 years of a boom phase, low interest rates, easy to borrow money. Um, nothing like 2007 you know, to 2009. Um, credit scores were higher and things like that, but the money was just flowing freely. Um, this is the first time Bitcoin and the, the and stock market, you can pretty much invest in anything. Your money was going to go crazy. And then housing takes off as well. And I think you're going to have a contraction phase coming on for businesses. And then the contractions phase is going to come with employment. So all the people who were able to improve their credit scores to buy homes and to do a lot of deals like the Airbnbs, the short-term rentals, we're in an environment that we've never truly been in before, right? It wasn't like bad lending. It was just that I think people are going to be over leveraged, like no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And the chickens are going to come home to roost and a lot of real estate is going to hit the market. I truly believe that. Yeah. Um, you have people leave certain areas to go live in another area. 
And I believe unemployment is going to tick up and those people are going to be forced to come back into the office and you're going to have this total vacation uh, vacancies, right? So if you look at Florida, if you look at the data, they have a lot of vacant homes there. They have a lot of people who own them, but they're vacant. What happens if credit gets tight and gas is going high and food costs 20% more and you can't afford something? You tend to let some things go. Um, so I really see, honestly, a collapse in like Airbnbs, commercial stuff, uh, employment loss. And then if you have cash on the side, you're going to be able to kind of pick your spots. Yeah. So very, very interesting. So you're on you're on the side of, hey, housing prices are going to go down. Absolutely. They're, they're already starting to come down a little bit due to interest rates. There's no way if <laughs> in January you can buy a, a home. And it costs you $1,000 less than it will now, the same as at home. But incomes aren't rising, right? So it was like something has to give. So there's going to be a, a standoff point. I, I, it might take six months. It might take 18 months, but it's going to happen. There's no way. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'll tell you what, I do a lot of commercial real estate. I do a lot of triple net. It's, I don't know why. It's like the most boring type of real estate, and I freaking love it. Um, I think the boringness of it is probably what I like the most. And if you go back a year ago, I mean, I could throw a dart and nail an amazing deal because cap rates or whatever, the return was what it was and interest rates were super cheap and getting lending was great and there was lots of great tenants. And and what you're noticing now is now it's not that hard. Like the deal that I'm in getting into right now, man, it's like three, three four months. I mean, I, I probably went through 60, 70 things that I analyzed to get to this one. And even this one, oh my God, it happens to be like, cause this person introduced to this person and this person's given me a special here. And it's a lot of maneuvering that most people won't get, but it's still like finding a good deal that can sustain what is coming is getting really hard to do. Now what's happening is interest rates have shot through the roof and they're gonna go up higher, right? But the cap rates have not because you still have all this liquid money that is trying to ride out this inflation. And essentially what's gonna happen is you're 100% right. Everyone in the triple net commercial space says you got six to 12 months of fun times, after which that money's gonna dry up and cap rates are gonna have to move or interest rates are gonna have to go down. Otherwise, it will like there will be no more transactions happening because it won't make any more sense. And that's the minute transactions stop, you have a supply demand <laughs> topple. And so I agree with you, dude. I completely agree with you. Now in like, we're still buying residential here and there, but we're, I'm, I'm looking at residential deals I'm buying. My perspective is 10, 15, 20 years. I honestly just want to hold property. And, but even there I'm looking like, Hey, okay. I, I, it's going to go like this. Like I know the value is going to drop. I'm, I'm expecting it. I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. You, then you got people out there that say it's not, I, I keep going back and forth. Right. And I think the day I decided that I think the value of properties is gonna drop is the day Dave Ramsey said it's not. And so I was like, if Dave Ramsey said it's gonna go up, the prices of houses will go up, I'm like, I'm going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet against it. But um, really interesting stuff. Well, anyways, that has nothing to do with our topic of conversation, but I thought it was a fun, you know, uh, you do a lot of trading. I know that from your Facebook profile. So it's probably a big part of why you're so in tune with the economy. Um, are you still doing a lot of options stuff? Last time we spoke, man, you were just starting on options trading. This is like June of 2021. Well, it was a year ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I'm completely 100% self-taught in options trading. I 
this took this weird approach of read every single last book, look at all the YouTube stuff, get your hands dirty approach. So I'm actually writing everything down now. So I'm either doing um, uh, credit spreads on select stocks and picking and choosing my, uh, my spots to get in for the long term. So I essentially just trade options to build up more cash reserves so I can buy a long term for the stuff that I truly believe in. Isn't that brilliant? Guys, gosh, I wish we could just dissect that now. He, what he just said is the number, it's uh, it's my number one lesson I would teach a younger me. The number one thing, I made all this active income. I don't know where the heck it went. I, I wasn't ever like, dude, I don't got gold chains and like fancy. I don't, I don't know, but still I like reinvested it through into the business or whatever. But he said he's using the short-term gains to acquire long-term assets. And if I had done that from the time I was 20 to 30, I would be worth probably we would I, I I would not be working. Yeah, I'd be worth I'd be worth at least 10x of what I am today. Um, like I, I my daughter is two months old and I'm like my wife and I joke. I'm like, she, she got to start investing, man. She got five hundred dollars from her grandparents. Like she has to put that into something. So it's cash flowing for her. Um, really, really good stuff. Well, Dominique, you're 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 full time. Let's say your your day job, right, is you're you're in the credit repair space doing 100 grand a month in information marketing. Can you can you tell us two parts of this, right? Tell us a little bit about yourself. This is more selfish for me too. I'd love to get to know you a bit better. We've chatted on, you know, Facebook and stuff, but I don't really know your background that much. Like how did you fall into this stuff? Right? And then number two is like tell us about your current business that generates 100 grand a month. Gotcha. So, I got here in kind of a unique way. So, I grew up in a single parent household in Philadelphia and just kind of seeing my my mom work really hard. So, she worked extremely hard and I went to school in Virginia, but then I learned that she took out a hundred thousand dollars in student loans on my behalf to make that happen. So yeah, exactly. Um, so it was a scenario where you're like, Hey, why did you take out like a hundred thousand dollars in student loans for me? I wanted to give you a, a chance because the belief was more education and going to college would be kind of the way. And it didn't really kind of sit right with me. Like you really, not only did you bust your butt raising me, but then you took out this massive loan on my behalf. Um, and then unfortunately life happened um, to my mom and her finances where end up having to go through a foreclosure, tax it and stuff like that. So my very first client was my mom. Like, how do I prevent, how do I help the person who helped me so much get back on track financially? Um, so your credit score is a byproduct of your finance behavior. I just start breaking everything down step-by-step step, like I did with the option stuff. Like, okay, well, in order to get an apartment, you need your credit score to blah, blah. Well, what are the elements of credit? Well, there's five elements, paying on time, your um, uh, your revolving credit, how long you've had credit, types of credit to increase. I'll say, okay, cool. Now, how do we break that down? And then we broke it down into a budget. So I'm starting to put the pieces together. Like, okay, to have a good credit score, she needs to have a budget. To have a budget, she needs to have these things. And then it kind of, she basically says, hey, you're kind of good at explaining, you know, things that I may not care about or complex, complex okay. things at a simple way. You should do a business with that. I said, sure. So then I started, you know, blogging about it and stuff like that. It was like your finance is simplified blog. And then people kept on asking me, hey man, this is a great tips on credit. Can you just, you know, do it for me? All right, so I wrote a book, How to Fix Your Credit. And I literally on the second page of it, I wrote this book for everybody who's asked me about credit because it's so easy, here's everything. And then that turned into, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to just do it stuff in a book. So, you know, your DIY people come to you saying, Hey, you know, can you help me with this one-on-one? And I said, okay, if I do the credit stuff, I'm going to build around it, the financial planning aspect of things too. 
So it was like, not we're not just going to do read your credit reports and letters. We're going to do a budget. We're going to talk about your goals and things that truly matter in you being successful financially. That blew up. That took off to the point where I was able to, to leave my IT security job in DC, commuting two freaking hours to work. That sucked. Um, so I, I leave there and then all of a sudden names going around. Hey, can you teach me how you're running your business? And then of course, as you know, that turns into, all right, I'll do a soft launch for information business. Did a soft launch through email, did some crazy numbers, like a seven day launch. And then like, I pretty much just built it from there. Um, so you go from just a kid just want to help his mom because, you know, she did a lot for him to this full fledged business. But it kind of started with that first client, which was my mother. What an awesome story. Where do you live now, by the way? Uh, Northern Virginia. I'm actually in uh, Prince William County. Why have we not hung out? <laughs> I did not know you're in the, my neck of the woods. Like, I, so how far are you? Probably, far probably are you? about 45 minutes away from you, depending on 66 traffic. Okay, so that meeting that we've been talking about having, like, we should do it in person, dude. We should hang out and go grab, go grab a meal. I did not know you're here. You, let me know. I'm, I'm available. Yeah, you, you said, uh, you said job in D.C. and I'm like, wait a minute. This guy's, this guy's around here. So what I went to school for was um, computers. I was like, a, I'm a big nerd. So it was IT security system administration. I looked up everything. It was like a 1% unemployment rate. I didn't went through all the paces. I was making six figures at like 22 years old. I didn't got all, I played the, the contractor game, got all that stuff there. And then when my daughter was born, I was like, uh, I'm making a bunch of money, but I'm really not seeing my kiddo. So I, I started to lean on what I was super passionate about um, from helping my mom as far as the finance. But hey, kudos to your mom. Her plan worked, right? I mean, she invested heavily into you, but you just said you were making six figures by 22. So, And the biggest moment of my life is paying her back all that 100K. Yeah, that's awesome. And what a, what a, what a powerful story. What a powerful story. Um, okay, so now your main business is that you teach people how to start their own credit repair business. Is that correct? Yes. So I'm in the information business, but still run. So let me just break it down. So start off with the one-on-one credit repair organization. Then it moves into a DIY business as well. So I'm running these two. Then I have, of course, in order to do credit stuff, you need to have credit monitoring. So then I established the credit monitoring. And then I also established the information business, teaching people how to do what I do. And then the next phase is, of course, software got it so are you still doing the first two phases or have you flipped over mostly now to teaching people how to do this or like are you still helping people with their credit repair like are no, you, I, are we, you I still do it all i still do okay. i still do it all yep I, of course got a team in place to, to assist with that but you know if something is, is, is your your bread and butter you don't just give it up uh immediately oh that's awesome and so like you said last piece of that is going to be the software so we'll get into SaaS, and that's going to be the high value you know, exitable business is my guess is what you're going for with that. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it kind of started off with, I wanted to create a product that was um, the issue for me in my actual restoration business. And then uh, one of the software providers who uh, I, uh, I loved stole it from me and implemented it into their system. So now the next thing is uh, my, my, my villain origin story. Let's just say that. <laughs> Oh man, go get that thing back. Why do people do that? You know, in, 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 if if it's any, you know what? That's the game, though. Like you being I, all right. So if you build on top of anyone else's platform, they can take it, especially if they have money and they have the developers, right? I just didn't think it was going to be exactly what I built, right? It's one thing to kind of like, oh, okay, we got our own thing, but like, yo, you stole everything. 
So yeah. it, it, it was a lesson learned, like, okay, in order to truly exit something, you have to own it all, or at least a lot of it. You can't ride on top of somebody's, like, for example, if I built something on top of ClickFunnels, how can I exit? If I build something on top of your platform, I can't exit. I'm still dependent on you, right? right? So it's one of those scenarios where, you know, you learn a lot when you go into business. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's funny. So I was going to say, if it's any, if it's any consolation, like I've had this happen to me so many times and um, now it's, it stinks. I love to be fully transparent and very open. I'm probably one of the most open people about what I'm already doing, but I will not even for the life of me breathe about what I am about to do or that I will do. Cause I'm realizing more and more some of my closest friends, you know, I just, it's crazy, man. I'll be, we'll be talking about something. I, I've actually seen this happen. We'll be talking about something. I'm like, Hey, I'm thinking about putting this together, that together. I might be doing this in the future. And I'm like five days later, I see a Facebook ad from them promoting that thing. And I'm like, Oh God, that looks awfully familiar. Like what the hell? But you know, you also kind of, here's what I've learned. And I think this is probably why you're so cool about it too. It's like, they just won't do it with our swagger though. Like they just won't do it as good as us. Right. So I'm like, you could try, like, that's fine, but I'm still going to come in and kick your ass later anyway. So I try to, I tend not to take offense at it at this point, but, but. I, I didn't take offense with it. Like if it was that, I would have been cool with like, okay, I was posturing and I was saying I was going to do something. You did it. I had it implemented for two years. You took my program, you played around with it and then you stole it. Yeah. That was, I was like, Ooh, and then shook my hand at an award ceremony. Like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, are you? <laughs> Those are the best. Oh man. All right. Well, we could, we could have a whole nother episode about just that. It happens that. at a, a certain level of business. So at first you're mad and then you're like, huh, I must've, I must've did something pretty well. But the next thing you have to, you just have to learn your lesson from it. And so are you rebuilding it? Like, are you currently, are you going to, I can't talk about that. Ah, no, no, no. You don't tell me what it is. Just say yes or no. Just are you, are you coming back to, to take that throne again? Or are you going to go in a different direction? Both. Okay, good. All right. Awesome. So, so tell me about your funnel. Tell me about right now. Like, how is this hundred thousand a month coming in? You know, we'll, we'll dive deeper into it, but like, what does a funnel look like for you? What are your price points? All, all, all of that area. So the information funnel um, initially was very simple. I played on a lot of scarcity and stuff like that. So I would do a um, two month buildup, which was me kind of posting personal results that I was achieving within my organization um, and teasing people to a wait list. And then I would do a um, essentially a either a live webinar or recorded webinar to a seven day close with I, um, as well, a seven day close, seven day false close with two days additional. And I kind of left it open for another 14 days just in case you stumbled upon it late. Um, so that's how I pretty much did it. And I'll serve. So first I'll serve you. Hey, why do you want to start this type of or this type of business? Right. It's typically money, time, family or some sort like that. I'll take the maybe a thousand surveys results, figure out how you speak. And then I'll start writing my copy in your particular language, right? So if someone says, uh, uh, I want to spend more time with my kids versus family time, I start talking about kids and displaying my family and things like that. Um, and then of course, I'm posting results and then I'll post something regarding that I got from the survey. And then when I'm writing my seven day email sequence is about the top three things that I noticed inside the survey results to try to get as many people uh, feeling the pain as possible. And then of course I close with scarcity. So I kind of kept it really simple. 
Like yeah. if if you like, like I ask you what you want, what you fear, what are your biggest obstacles, what's stopping you from going here? How much do you want to make? And I create the story around the real elements that um, I have in my life to present to you. So you said you post your results in places and then you mentioned that you got a thousand responses on a survey. Where are you posting this? Because that, that's big numbers. Like, where are you posting these results? So um, when I was doing the, that launch phase initially before it turned evergreen, I was posting on my personal social media profile and anyone who opted into the wait list as well. So I'll just redirect you back to my social media profiles, whether it's my personal Facebook or Instagram at the time. So those two places. All right. And so you're, you're, you don't really necessarily do this anymore at this point. This is like how you first got into the business and launched. That's how you put together your first launch. If anyone's listening, well, you got. Well, this is how I got the information to create the Evergreen webinar. So I think a lot of people create their webinar based off what they think people want to hear and see, whereas I got the survey results and then I pretty much analyzed the heck out of it. It's no different than like if you go into a big box store like Costco and they're like, hey, try this little thing. Or you go to the mall, try this uh, sesame chicken. And if you like the chicken, chances are like, hmm, okay, they're going to come and buy it. So I used that initial launch phase to get data because I knew I was moved evergreen. Ah, love it. Okay. So if anyone listening right now, you got this idea, you want to, you know, what, what Dominique did is he, he started posting on his personal Facebook profile or on his Instagram and everywhere. And that would drum up interest. And, you know, I've seen, I've done this all the time and there's podcasts. Everyone go to onicpodcast.com and type in Mike Bontempo, B-U-O-N-T-E-M-P-O. He actually did long back when I first started the podcast, how he got his 25 clients. He teaches you how he got 25 clients for his agency using his personal Facebook profile. People forget how powerful those are. And I'm always reminded of it because I'll post something and get like seven comments. And I'm like, well, that was flat. Nobody gives a crap until like a month later. I'm somewhere and someone's like, oh, I saw that p picture you posted. And I'm like, wait, like I thought that was a dead post. A lot of people are lurking and watching. So maybe Dominique is posting one time, second time, third time, fourth time. At some point they engage. So that consistency is key. I love how he used all the data he collected to help him write the copy. That's called figuring out your avatars, like pain points and, and all of that. Then he put together the first program. He said, I kept it super simple, wrote out some emails, had a waiting list, launched it. What was your price point when you first came out of the market? And like, what was your offer? You were going to show them how to set up a credit repair business for how much? So the first offer was like 597. I, I called it a, a beta because I wanted to get more data on how to build version two and version three of the program. Um, so quick seven day launch, 597. I did like 70 grand um, wow. from that, which was not freaking bad off of, let's say a $500 budget for surveys and then emails. Okay. So, you know, it's, it was an info product. So it was, it was, it was pretty good. It also gave me the opportunity to um, get a, crap ton of testimonials, which I then later used in the evergreen portion of it, as well as the, the future marketing of the program once I raised the price. Got it. All right. So then what happens now after this, you went straight to a webinar funnel and what did you raise the price to? Or, you know, I guess fast forward me to like, what is it today? What are you running right now? How does it run? So I uh, started off with an email funnel, 597, and then I shut it down for like six months to implement all the feedback from that initial group. Um, second launch was a longer email launch, um, essentially made three times that one. And then the third launch was Evergreen. So the third launch was another seven day email sequence directly into Evergreen this time. 
Um, so we do about a million a year off that evergreen funnel um, at this moment based off that same exact sequence. Got it. So your evergreen funnel, when you say it's a seven day email sequence that leads into the evergreen, is it like you email them for seven days and then give them the ability to go to the webinar or all the seven days you're promoting and saying, go to the webinar, go to the webinar, go to the webinar. How does that? So I, I promoted a, uh, a early bird, right? So when it initially launched on the, before Evergreen, I, I, I uh, launched it as like a launch again, like, hey, for seven days, you can get in. It's launching October 20th, 2020. That's when we initially launched the Evergreen, uh, the launch of it. You can get in early for a discount by using this link. I promoted that hard for seven days. And I told them the price was going to go up after a certain date. After that date, that's when it rolled into Evergreen to a 1997 price. Okay. And so right now, wh what does your funnel look like? Are you running Facebook ads, YouTube ads? If I click it, I go to a webinar reg page. Like walk me through, I'm a visual person, so walk me through the funnel. So pretty simple. Um, I, I use two funnels. One is either a long form Facebook ad to a um, webinar page, and then you go through like an hour and a half webinar, and then it sends you through a seven day sell sequence. And if you don't purchase at the seven day sales sequence, you get the do not buy survey. And then you go into a nurture sequence, which is um, about 150 emails from that point, always pushing you back to the sales page. Um, the second funnel is the book funnel. So I took my webinar and I converted it into like a PDF ebook style thing. And I use Facebook lead ads for that as well as regular Facebook ads. So if you download the ebook, um, then that pushes you towards the webinar, the seven day sales funnel. You don't buy, do not buy, go to the nurture. So I use those two sequence sequences simultaneously. It's amazing. So both your funnels are webinar driven. It's just one, you're promoting the webinar directly, one, you're promoting the free book and then getting them into the webinar. So once they're at the webinar, everything behind it is the same because you got the seven day sales sequence survey and then boom, 150 email, you know, what you call it nurture. What did you call it? You call it? Nurture sequence. So it's, it's, uh, it's my, if you didn't buy after that, essentially I took all the survey results and I started writing copy based off what people were telling me in the survey. So instead of me trying to figure it out, so if you tell me to do not buy a survey, I didn't buy because of blah, 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 blah. My emails are associated with alleviating that pain point. Oh, man, it's, it's so methodical. It's almost boring. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're just, isn't it? I know. I, that's what, but you know, what's crazy. I can see your options trading mind your like mathematical mind, I can actually see it working in marketing. Cause that's, you know, you're, you're looking at the data, analyzing it and then outputting like a conclusion, right? So it's like data, email done. And I bet you're very methodical. So that's your funnel. That's what you run. You don't sit there and, you know, do crazy new stuff. It's like just rinse and repeat with what you've got going. Um, I played around a little bit on TikTok and things like that, but uh, I just, I didn't like it. Like I'm a huge fan of setting the business with certain non-negotiables and setting the end in mind. So it was certain, yeah. like we talked about this earlier, you're like, Hey, I got my kid now and certain things I'm just not going to do. That's how I look at it with the marketing. I just look at it from a numbers perspective. What I'd never start something that I'm not going to completely finish. So I knew I, was, I can easily finish survey results and emails. So I kind of stick with those things that I like to do. Got it. All right. Um, Love it. So it's, it's, so again, I want everyone to understand basically add the first funnel is add to webinar registration page. They try to attend the webinar, don't attend the webinar. They then go into a seven day email sequence for closing the sale. That's promoting a sales page. 
After which, it's like they've not bought. He f asks them to do a survey. I I'm curious, what percent? Let's say you got a thousand people to opt in for the webinar. Okay, I'm throwing a random number. You may not even know this math, but it's okay. Give me a rough ballpark. Let's say you had a thousand people to opt in for the webinar. How many of those thousand are you expecting will end up buying your program, full pay or payment plan? And how many will actually fill out the survey that's the no buy survey? So two part question. I typically was getting between three to 6% close on the webinar. The survey was much lower than that of people taking it. It was like a 2% survey. Thing. Okay. So, but out of a thousand people, not everyone will actually attend the webinar. So if you're getting three to 6% and you're having what, 50% attendance, rough ballpark? Mm-hmm. Or some a little bit lower now, unfortunately, due to the the ad changes and crap like that. But in in my heyday, yes, about fifty percent show up, right? Yeah. So you're looking at about out of a thousand, you'd get like maybe ten, twenty sales, right? Um, and then that plays out. The math works. I that actually works perfectly. And then you're saying for surveys, for every thousand registrations, you could maybe pick up twenty surveys as well. 20 results of like why they didn't buy, like they would actually tell you. Um, I have this like mental block about that. I feel like no one will ever tell you the truth, but I don't know why. It's just like a personal belief I need to like work on or something. So this helps. Like Some people curse me out. Some people straight up tell me, man, I, I couldn't afford it. And it was a lot of things I picked up and I did not buy survey that to me seemed obvious. Like, oh, I didn't know it was a payment plan. I'm like, wait, I say that in the webinar, there's a payment yeah. plan. Or, or, and then, you know, that inspired me to write better emails, right? So now in all the emails, I say, oh, by the way, if you can't do full pay, we have this. And if you don't have this payment, we got this. So you can get it done too. So um, there's some gems in the why you didn't buy or why are you unsubscribing outside of the, the mud. That's awesome. I think more people should do it, including myself. I, I really do. Um, and then I really respect the 150 day nurture email sequence. That's a lot of discipline, man. You, most people never don't, don't, is that 150 days? Do you send one email a day? Do you send, how often are you sending those like follow-up emails? Interesting. So one email a day. And if you don't open for the next five days, you get the same email with a different subject line. Oh my God, dude, you, you have a very intricate, what are you using? So what email platform? And if you platform? open the email, you get a, hey, thanks for opening the email. Um, a couple other people enjoyed it as well. Just want to remind you, here's the payment options that you want to go forward. If you want to talk, later on, we start adding in, do you want to talk about it? So you can go to like a phone funnel, but that's kind of hit or miss as we were testing it out. Okay. What systems are you using? What system are you using for your webinar? And then what system are you using for your email? So I was using Webinar Jam and EverWebinar. Moved that to just straight onto a page for ClickFunnels now. Um, so you okay. opt in, the webinar just starts. And then I use um, some ClickFunnels tool that allows like the pop-up that comes up at a certain time frame. As far as email system, I use Infusionsoft. Okay, wow, amazing, love it. Um, on the webinar side, I, I think there's probably, just as an off note, side note for you, um, I, that's kind of my shtick. Like that's what I've like spent so much time just perfecting. And I can guarantee you there's some really cool stuff we could do there to get those numbers up and to tweak. And it's probably just a matter of using a different platform then. And like everything else stays exactly the same, but we've been, I've been playing with this a lot over the last months and doubled show rates and got more data from people. And it's been, there's a whole fun world out there. So it's something that, you know, we could talk about, um, off the podcast. Um, 
Okay, so now here's a question. Do you send out emails, broadcasts every day or because your people are already in a 150 day sequence, you don't really do any daily messaging? Um, maybe once every two weeks, I might do a broadcast just to capture some people who might have snuck into the fun. Sometimes just software and software breaks. So if I notice that, hey, why do I have a thousand people without a tag or associated with a certain sequence, then I would send off a broadcast to get them into the appropriate sequence. So, okay. Yes. All right. But for the most part, you are building a hands-off. It's automated, and you just focus on keeping pouring in more people in the top for the funnel. Do you only? My, my job is to do nothing. I want to set it up perfectly, bust my hump to get it done, and then I want it to run like a weld oil machine every single last time. That's awesome. Do you only use Facebook ads? Do you use any other traffic sources, or like Facebook is like your thing? I was using Facebook and Google at one point in time. Um, end up dropping Google last year was when the results just weren't uh, providing as much. So now relying on Facebook and email at the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, simple, powerful, and I'm like out of questions. Um, <laughs> okay, what about, you know, and that's, I always say, look, we're at exactly 30 minutes and I've, I always told every guest, if at 30 minutes, I'm a little bit out of questions, that means that they've been an amazing guest because they've just been like answering questions, no fluffy crap, no driving me insane with, you know, roundabouts and political sounding answers. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Um, 1997 is what you said your price is. Do you have other things? Do you sell coaching? Do you have a back end? Or is it like, dude, I do a hundred grand a month with a $2,000 course? That's what I do. So initially, uh, and we talk about the software that was stolen by, uh, I'm not going to say the name, but I, I feel like I can kind of get it out of you. Maybe, maybe we should, we should try. <laughs> Three trials of this software where you press a button and it pretty much alleviates 15 hours of your work per week. So I'll give you a six month trial to that. Like the biggest pet peeve that anyone in this industry will have, it eliminated that. Um, so I'll give you a six month trial of that and people will essentially be like, hey, I don't want to go back to doing things the old way. So they will re up on that one for like another year. So essentially half those people end up staying on with the software side. So that was my first taste into, ooh, I want to do software. Mm -hmm. um, so the back end was that, like I didn't sell a higher end mastermind or anything like that. So I kind of do everything to get more data. So once I started learning that, ooh, I kind of like the software side of this house, that's when I started building the software that I'm working on now to be able to go back to those people and say, Hey, if you like that, <laughs> what do you, you definitely are going to enjoy this. So really you don't, I mean, that mastermind, you did one mastermind, but it, you did it one time. It's not like a constant flow. You have basically one offer 1997 to learn how to build a credit repair business that you have two funnels you run for, but really it's a one and a half funnel. You have two front ends. They all meet, on the webinar funnel, 150 days automated, and the rest of your time you use to build your software, do your options trading, live your life. Yep. Uh, Tuesdays, Tuesdays we have coaching calls. I have a beginner call at seven and an advanced call at eight. In the beginning, I was teaching both of those calls, and then I just trained one of the former students who's now worked for me to do the beginner call. So pretty much on Tuesday at 8 p.m., that's when I, I have to show up to live for about an hour to answer questions. But those calls are included in your 1997 program? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's, uh, dude, this is, I mean, do you find that this kind of model can be used just as simply? Like, I'm, like when I'm listening to you, so I was like, how do I apply this? So as I'm moving, learn into teaching 
publishing, right? Like I want to teach people how to create courses. I want to teach people how to, I'm almost imagining I could have a, a, like what I love about your model is it's very specific. So it, it might not be like an endlessly large market, but to the person who's thinking about it, it's like how to set up a credit repair business. That's about as specific as it gets, right? So in my head, I'm like, wow, I could take like a, like a line and have like, I, I don't know, I'm thinking off the cuff here. It was like how to, how to set up your own webinar to sell your services, right? So I think it's very specific, but instead of thinking like, well, I don't want to do that because that doesn't make 10 million a year, man, you could make that and just get it churning and it's just going to make a million and it's, it's specific. It's be sure you know people who teach webinars to make way more than 10 million. Well, exactly. Right. But, but, but they, but they're doing it differently. Right. So they're, they're doing a lot of events and they got back ends and they got 30 grand offers and 20 grand offers. I like the simplicity of yours, which is like webinar funnel, $2,000 offer, Facebook ads, a very, very long sequence to follow up. It's you're, you're going in on the fact of like, I'm going to get them eventually. <laughs> like, it's like, if they're a potential buyer, I'm going to get them. And, and so it's just a matter of build that out. And I think the magic I'm seeing of yours isn't just the simplicity of it, but it's also the specificity of it. It's like, it's a very specific offer. So it's like really easy for you to filter people out in the top as well. Right? Like, yes. like, give me an example of what your ads, like, let's talk about that a little bit. So what does your ad say and how do you target to find someone who's interested in building a credit repair business? I have a little bit of a question, like I'm not seeing that. Okay, so I would, let's say I was marketing to me and I was working at my job in DC. So I would tell my story of how I was burnt out commuting one way in traffic for an hour and a half a day. And I will only see my kid for 15 minutes in the morning. By the time I got home, she was um, asleep already, right? So that was something that inspired me to start this business to be able to work from home. There are people going through that right now who work 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, and they don't have time for family. And I will just lean on that. Kids, kids spell L-O-V-E weird. They spell it T-I-M-E. And if you don't have the time because of your current employment, not saying you're a bad person, but because you have to do this to make ends meet, why don't you try doing this on the side? Because if you get 100 clients paying you $99 a month, that's $10,000 a month, minus $500 for software. So you got $9,500 net. You telling me you can't have more time for your family in that regard? And that was just me off the cuff. Yeah, no, I love it. Time angle. So, I can so use a money angle. You can okay. use a, so I break it down in that regard and I just kind of think, okay, who am I talking to, right? So, and I put myself in their shoes. So you're not necessarily going out after someone who's already decided or is thinking about launching a credit repair business. You are presenting an opportunity to someone who's just looking for an opportunity by addressing like they need more income, they need more time with their family. And then you're getting them and saying, this is the right opportunity. So that's one way of doing it, right? Because if you okay. expand there, you have way more of an ocean that you go after. Yeah. You you got way more people. Then you have people who are already is decided to be credit restoration experts or credit specialists or whatever, who they might be. I'm talking to you way differently. I'm talking to you differently. Hey, why are you spending 15 hours a month mailing letters when you could use this app to press a button and get it done? Right. Or you're a credit 
specialist, but you don't know how to run ads to attract leads. You don't know how to close sales. So how I built my program was based off that initial feedback from the first two on what they needed. So if you're an existing specialist, you either don't know how to close, you don't, everyone, the survey, I want to learn how to get leads. You know what I'm talking about? Getting leads. I'm talking about email sequences. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about how if you go to my social media profile and then I, I even say, hey, um, I'm pretty sure you saw me on your you saw me on Instagram and you saw me on Facebook and you saw me on Google. Do you, somebody said they saw me in their period app. Hey, what if I showed you how to do that? There's existing people. Like, I don't know how to do that. We have a whole module on that inside of the program, and you can come to the coaching calls to learn it from me directly. So I'm speaking to you where you are based off the server results of how they came in. I had a 50-50 split of I want to start versus I'm already in. So I'll speak to both crowds. How do you target the other crowd, though? Is it just because they're warm well, audience? They, warm when, you're, when, when you're good at what you do or people heard of you, they start to look you up and they just find you. Some people Got will just it. go to my profile like, hey, I heard you. I saw you at uh, the ClickFunnels thing and you made blah, blah, blah. I want to do that too. And you have a conversation and all of a sudden they start buying your stuff. Yeah. So that's what I said. Basically, the, the percentage that don't know they want to be credit repair specialists, you're finding them by the net that you lay out, which is talking to them about an opportunity and then getting them to understand that this is the right opportunity. But then once they're there, they've kind of become your warm audience. And now you can retarget them with the other type of ad, which is like, now that you're thinking about becoming a credit repair specialist or now that you are a credit repair specialist, why are you doing it the hard way? There's an easier way to do this. Let me show you how to do it. Um, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. One of my best retargeting ads are my two daughters actually using my app and they're uh, doing pressing one button and sending stuff out as she's watching cartoons. That's awesome. Good. That's a great ad. I like that. Um, dude, this has been absolutely epic. And for those who are listening, uh, this is the easiest way. I, in my opinion, it's not easy. So I, I want to be very clear here. What he's done, it's it's time consuming. And I want to really commend you, Dominique, for this, because those survey results, getting 150 emails into a sequence. But this reminds me of an interview I had done with Jeff Lerner. And so for anyone watching, you can go to onicpodcast.com, type in Jeff into the search field, Jeff Lerner. And we talked about how he built. Now, he took his company from zero to like 40 million a year in like two years. But he says he spent the first, I think it was a year or a year and a half. And he's like, Onik, I, I didn't do anything except for I kept filming videos, putting them on my Facebook profile, like his public Facebook page. This is like years ago when that page actually stood a chance of getting anyone to see anything you posted. But and he was like, every video, I would have a different hook at the top. Like I would just hook it different and I kept making videos and he's like and soon enough you could tell which ones were taken off like and I kept noting like okay that line got like 10x the views of this so he was like looking for what things would become viral and he's like I spent a year just doing that research and he ended up nailing down this one line hook that he then leaned on all the way from zero to uh, to 40 million a year and that um that hook he, he's public about it ended up being like I've seen his ads too. He says something, he always starts his ads with like, did you know that 1700 millionaires are created every day? And like, I'm like, how would, it's a great hook, right? But I would never sit down and think of that. Like no copywriter inside my head. He happened to, he's like, like, I randomly saw that on some like news article and thought that was cool. Made a video about it, freaking took off. Then like I waited a few weeks, made another one just to see and like that took off. And he was like, oh shoot, it was like crushing any of the other hooks I was doing. And I just realized, well, that should probably be 
the crux. So his sales video, his like ads, his like report, everything is built around that, that topic. And I've since that day been like, that's freaking brilliant. And I just heard you, you're the second person I think that's closest that said, dude, I took a lot of time to do research. And I took that research and I just threw it into marketing and voila, it works. What do you know? So I think people skip the research phase in the beginning, yeah. about 80% of your time should be spent there. Like you, unfortunately, you just can't brute force this <laughs> unless you yeah. are just the Beyonce of internet marketing. Okay. I get it. You can, you know, sneeze and people are going to buy, but I'm not that way. So I got to figure out what you want and, and try to serve it up to you uh, in that manner. No, I hear you, man. I, I hear you. Well, listen, Dominique, this has been freaking great. Where can people go to follow you, learn more from you, stalk you, buy your stuff, all that fun jazz? Uh, you can follow me on my personal Facebook, Dominique Brown. It's going to be a little bit weird because I joke around a lot there because I do stuff on the back end. Um, if you just uh, go on Instagram, Dominique Brown, TikTok, Dominique Brown as well, you'll see me there. Awesome. So, guys, I highly recommend. Um, he does post some really cool stuff. It's not just about uh, his business. That's how I happen to know he does options trading and stuff. But just be joke around a lot. Of yeah. Just be ready to be really jealous because he posts like he'll post like these charts that look like this. And like what happened? It's like his one day account in options trading and it just like freaking takes off. You know what's funny? I had to stop posting this stuff. People were like, teach me, teach me. I was like, I know, I know. I, I can imagine that it's attention getting. It's like my account went from five thousand dollars to one hundred eighty nine million. It's like, what the hell did you just do? What's that? But the bring that? it full circle, the end did to bring it full circle. I did end up getting my mom, my uh, my, my friend from high school and one of my cousins into a, a Monday. Every Monday we went over the stock market and I taught them how to do options. So now my mom knows how to make money um, up, down or sideways based off what I learned. Isn't that cool, man? That's awesome. Good for you. What a good son. <laughs> I, I, I think my mom would not want to learn any of that. She'd be like, just, just send me the money. <laughs> I'll go shopping. I don't want to learn how to do it. That's awesome, dude. Well, listen, congrats on all your success. Um, and everyone who's watching right now, come on, smash that subscribe button, like button. Let's go. Um, make sure you tell everyone else about this podcast and go follow Dominique on his various social media profiles. You're going to learn a lot from him. And uh, other than that, onicpodcast.com. L-U-R-N-Expert.com. Remember, we're building an entire new community right now that is going to change how education works in this country and in this world. I want to connect directly people who know what the heck they're doing with those who want to learn it and remove the middlemen that charge tens of thousands of unnecessary dollars. And we don't we don't want people paying hundred thousand dollars anymore for education, right? That's like that's like our that's gonna be our goal. So learn expert, L-U-R-N expert.com. Get your butt over there. And as I always say, when life pushes you, stand straight, smile, and push it the heck back. Dominique, thanks so much, man. I'll catch you soon. Thanks for listening to the Fighting Entrepreneur with your host, Onyx Singal.